Do I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the figure four fallout right here on WCCR. Do WC I have Zero. everybody's attention no, now? No, you don't have my attention, Mr. Mr. Punk. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> figure four fallout live right here on WCCR 94.5 The Crossroads. Streaming online all over the world at inside.ucumberlands.edu slash WCCR. And of course, we're doing it live. Facebook Live streaming right now. Uh, we are on a uh, a few second delay. A uh, little bit behind, but we're getting a there. A little bit behind, but a um, lot of good stuff to talk about. Um, Sean Jackson saying, I need some wax for my head. Uh, I do uh, wax my, my chrome dome. Uh, thank you uh, for that. Uh, Nathan Blair watching... Uh, while I'm watching WCPW, no regrets. Uh, so apparently, uh, we take precedent over WCPW. Possibly, um, I wouldn't because he can go back and watch that. I mean, the argument can be made that he can go back and listen to this later on. But you know, potato, potato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> um, you know, I find it hilarious though that you waited till this week to cut your hair when last week was the. The mass change of the figure four fallout. You know, I got rid of. Yeah, I'm the only one with the retention. Yeah, that's right. Hey, too sweet me, bro. I got, the, I got the hair for the group. It, somebody <laughs> so has to. It nets. It nets out to be about an, an a full head of hair for everyone. So I took the time last <laughs> night, and I have no regrets about this. Mine's just migrating to the the face. So <laughs> mine's making an attempt. <laughs> Nathan Blair, I would be torn between the two as well. WCPW is actually, I did not want to like it in the beginning because just I heard about W, uh, W, CPW. I heard about Walk Culture's opinions on everything for so much from so many people. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of almost like a rebellious thing. It's like, 
when you know something you should do, but you don't want to do it because everybody's telling you should do it. And I finally gave in. I love walk culture now. Like, yeah. I love walk culture for more than just the wrestling. Like, I watch their video game top tens and all kinds of stuff now. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, we'll get back on to what I'm going to say here. I took the time last night not to watch WCPW No Regrets, but I have no regrets for what I ended up watching and staying up a little later to see. I watched both of the previous table for threes. Okay. I watched AJ Styles, Kevin Nash, and mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels, which was not as entertaining and fulfilling as I would have wanted. Okay. But it was still a good time. It mm-hmm. was uh, Kevin Nash was really the odd man out. Shawn Michaels talked a whole lot, which... Does that surprise anybody? And AJ was very much, you can see why he's so good, because he was sitting Mm -hmm. there trying to take in as much information as he possibly could. Mm -hmm. But last night I was watching the Kurt Angle, Edge, and Christian one, and I kept looking at Edge whenever he would have his head turn. Mm -hmm. So he had his long hair pulled back into a little butt on the top of his head, Mm -hmm. and he had his beard. And I noticed the facial structure of him and Michael is so stupidly similar. <laughs> I was like, if Michael would just grow the beard out fuller, he would look. If I could. Too scary. Too. It would be too scary how much he would look like Edge. Well, I mean, you well, know, he's a Viking, right? The best. Though, I mean, the best part about it is the music that I use on pretty much any wrestling game. <laughs> If I create my own character, is Edge's music? And he always so, has the Edge entrance. <laughs> so. <laughs> But we were, we were give it a couple, coming of yeah, give it a couple years and yeah. I'm telling you, man, we got to get him in the ring. Well, I mean, he, he, the he's an athlete, so I mean, technically, if he wanted to train to be a pro wrestler, get your Kentucky license. We'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get it figured out. We we, we got connections. Man. I'm gonna have a bit of time next semester, so see, there we go. <laughs> um, and he could be managed by yours truly. Well, you know, he could be managed by you, or he could just bring out. At all, and be a big shot, and have three managers, and have the whole figure four fallout managing. <laughs> that he is so important that he requires three managers. Three managers, and I've already Taco. and I've already got a jobber that I can beat up on every week. Got Cam. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, make, we'll get Cam as another character that he we just he just constantly picks on. We'll make Cam like our water boy. <laughs> Talk about getting some like some nuclear oh. heat from the crowd, man. I'm talking. We got this. We can work this out. Make Michael the biggest deal in, in the. In oh, the, I can play up a hill if you want. Southeastern Kentucky. No, well, I mean, you have to be a hill. It wouldn't have to be. No. Well, with three men. Wait, wait, hang on, hang on. Are you suggesting that because I'm foreign, I have to be a heel? Are no. you playing to the stereotype, good sir? <laughs> no, I'm a heel manager. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you, had, bad if, if you had if you had three managers and, and, a, and a water boy slash jobber to push around, you're a heel. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's no way of getting around that. But uh, no. So one, Cam can be my Chris Jericho. I highly recommend John Jackson. Awesome A would be the best pick for a manager. Have four managers. Uh, awesome A is a a masked manager, uh, if you will, down around the Jellico, Tennessee area. Uh, I, I know him personally. <laughs> but, um... God. You could have a Lichador manager. And then you would be a heel stereotype. Foreigners. But, okay. Oh, wow. I'm telling International you, warfare. For anybody out there, if you get the opportunity, go back and watch that table for three, though. Yeah. It was really entertaining. Kurt Angle has... 
definitely changed a lot, but it's it's awesome to watch just how humble and happy he is now. Well, I was going to say, like, in the clips that they've showed, he seems very calm and relaxed. and Very calm, mm-hmm. very relaxed, very happy to... to he looks back on everything with such a joy and such a happiness. And, you know, he's not trying to relive glory days. He just wants to be where he want you know, where where he, where he's loved and where mm-hmm. he loves. And, you know, he talked about how much he loves the the you you suck chance at the when <laughs> at his entrance music and yeah. how that came about and you know it was just really entertaining. It's a it's yeah. thirty minutes. I thought it was an hour, but it's thirty minutes, and yeah. it was really really entertaining. Yeah. Well, more like twenty minutes because you know it doesn't take up a whole no uh, thirty. But I mean, th- there's a lot of those. I, have you watched any of the other table for threes? See, I thought it was a new thing. I thought it had only been these two, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. go back and watch some more. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna be very cherry picked about yeah. which ones I watched. Yeah, like I, I I have myself personally. Like if there's one on there that I see and I'm just like. Okay, I gotta watch because it's it's these three, you know, uh, it's it's good stuff. So, um, definitely check out Table for Three on the WWE Network um, for an undisclosed monthly sum. Uh, you can see it. Or I've if, watched nine hundred and ninety nine things on there. If you've never ever signed up for a WWE Network it's before, free. it's free for a month. So you'll get backlash. Um. You probably will not get the new pay-per-view name uh, just yet. Have y'all seen the new? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that is a horrible, horrible joke. Um, and if not, then they just have to have Jerry Lee Lewis be the favorite, theme of the, the, the show. My favorite thing ever is Ollie Davis on Wrestle Talk saying it. it. It's just so funny. Well, yes. Yes, it, it is. Um, but... Uh, for those of you that have not heard, they've been possibly living under a rock. Uh, the new name of the next... It, it's, replacing, um, it's replacing Battleground. It's a raw pay-per-view. And they're going with <laughs> Great Balls of Fire. Nathan Blair, goodness gracious, that pay-per-view name. Um, is it bad that I <laughs> actually think Battleground is a better name? No. Battleground See, so a, a lot of people have a lot of issues with the is name Battleground. A lot of people have an issue with the name Battleground, and I've Hashtag always bring back war games. I've always liked it though. Like I always thought Battleground was a decent name. Pay-per-view name, yes. You know what? I think a better way of reworking it would have been to push payback to where uh, Battleground. God, was. I can't even bring myself to say it. Um, yeah, push payback to where Battleground is. Put Battleground at where payback is. See, there's there's the you reason. You can have Battleground, then you can have payback. There. Payback though is the Logic. payback from the WrestleMania stuff. Yeah, I I do understand. So that. there there is a reason payback's there. I don't get why Extreme Rules is still a uh, a pay per view because let me tell you something. There is nothing extreme about Extreme Rules, and I don't really know what rules we're getting extreme with. It's, it's the most extreme night of the it's, year. For a very simple, is it is what is SmackDown? No, it's a Raw. Raw, okay, got Raw has extreme rules. Good, because... Uh, Which, guess what? I don't think well, that... Well, there's a point for it now. Huh? There's a point for it now. Team Extreme's back. Yes. So... Yeah, um... Backlash undoubtedly going to see a crazy ladder match. Uh, extreme rules of Raw. Money in the Bank is a SmackDown Live um, pay-per-view. Great Balls of Fire is a Raw pay-per-view in July. Battle Battleground is a SmackDown Live pay-per-view. Oh, apparently. Battleground is now... Um, you can't. You cannot be serious that that is. What was Vince doing? 
I, you know, I'm not sure. A lot of undisclosed things. Um, but before we get into <laughs> our thoughts from Payback, um, which was this past Sunday live on the WWE Network, a uh, little update on, and, and I'll go back and double check and rework these numbers just to be safe, but as of right now, the score stands Casey Malone 90, Michael Garnon 70. So, I think there might be some room for like a few more points because yes. we uh, something we discussed off air. Correct. But I think Michael might be a little closer. But it was a great first pay per view for the, the figure four fallout draft. I agree. We're we're kind of neck and neck, which is nice. It's something as simple as a good title change could sway it and push one in ahead. Mm-hmm. These things are fun when they're a race. They're not fun when you're so far ahead. I mean, I'll take being <laughs> I'll take being like the dominant champion last year mm-hmm. because I had never won one and it felt really awesome to get ahead and actually win something. But you know, I'm kind of enjoying my thunder from down it, under battle here. It put me it put me in an interesting position though. Yeah. Because yeah. if Kevin Owens and that's going to be I guess the topic from payback. Kevin yes. Owens is switching if he, if that's what they're going to do. No, sw- he has a match tonight on SmackDown. But is it the same stipulation yes. where if he wins? Yes. Okay. Uh, because because the, so for, for those that don't okay. know, Chris Jericho defeated Kevin Owens to become the new United States champion on Sunday at Payback. The stipulation was if whoever won this match yeah. would be SmackDown Live and the other would be on on Raw. Can, can I can yes. I make an offer and see if you will approve of this as the moderator if he is willing to do this. If Kevin Owens moves to Raw, he has the right to release Kevin Owens or another Raw member and pick up a SmackDown guy for no points lost. I'm fine with that. Because that was that- weird booking and it was weird. Yes. But that's only if you want to do it. Like cuz I mean having yeah. Kevin Owens and four Raw guys wouldn't be terrible. It's just you would get really far behind at the SmackDown pay-per-views. Yeah. But you might be able to catch up with Raw. Yeah. It's whatever you wanted to do. But I, yeah. I I, don't think that it would be fair to penalize you. Well, mm. at, at this point, th- this will give you an opportunity to kind of sit and think on it while also watching SmackDown tonight to see what the repercussions from that are. Hang on a second. Um, um, Nathan Blair, you're right. If he wanted payback, he was supposed to go to SmackDown. But tonight on SmackDown, they're having a rematch for the United States title that's going to determine who stays and, stays who, goes. and who goes a little more because... Um, Let's see here. Uh, I, I'm, I'm on WWE.com right now just with the, the SmackDown previews. Uh, Chris Jericho got retribution uh, and uh, United States champion becoming an official member of SmackDown Live roster. Nathan may be right, um, but I, I, I'm also Jericho's wondering. first night on Team Blue will be a tough one as he will defend his newly won title against Owens in a rematch from Payback. The story of Jericho and Owens' friends turned enemies is long and bitter. So it doesn't say anything even about if either one wins they'll be on SmackDown from what well, this you says have to, here. You have to imagine that if the, the thought process behind it is probably that Kevin Owens is entitled to his rematch. Yep. So they have to have a rematch for it. Mm-hmm. Whoever is the United States champion is going to be on SmackDown. On Tuesday night. Can I just, can I just say something Online. before so we even get there? It the- may be that that's the end game is that whoever... Can I just say something before we even get to the payback, and we can discuss it more in length there? This was the strangest booking decision of the night for me. 
But because as far as Jericho retaining or winning, uh, regaining the yeah, U.S. title, okay, because it put such a weird, strange cloud over any type of logical sense. And I mean, it's not bad because it has us talking. I'm mm-hmm. just saying it was the booking decision that I'm still sitting here going. I'm I'm curious as to if this was done because everybody was expecting Owens to win. Which, if even in that case, that's fine. Let Owens win. It wouldn't have been terrible to see him win. There's times that when fans are super predictive of the outcome, that the outcome is still the correct and accept will be accepted as the outcome. Mm. Which we have a whole discussion topic about fans accepting things here in yes. a little bit. Yes, we do. I, but I wonder if it was to do with how because they did that they did that thing with Emma, where she was supposed to make the transition to Emmalina. And then did And then they decided that it wasn't really working, and so they kind of cut it and went, okay, and we're well, going back to Emma. So bringing him over to SmackDown and having him do that, maybe they decided, mm, maybe not. And so they well, booked no, it in that so way as kind of a get-out-of-jail-free he, Here's the difference in, in that situation, and you might be right. It might be a book that you could be 100% correct, and I'm not denying that. But the thing with Emma to Emmalina was that Emma was practicing the gimmick mm. and was doing work with the gimmick at like in the performance center and stuff, and she was not doing it well. Mm. It was much worse than just letting her be who she is. Yeah. Apparently, they've given that to Lana now, and Lana's running with that um, type of thing that they're going to be doing with Emma. But they're branding it as. Yeah, you know, well, whatever they're branding it as. Okay, which, <laughs> so I, we, I, I, I do like the idea of, of what I mean. Nathan said is you know it, it, Owens stays. On I think SmackDown Owens regardless. needs to be on SmackDown regardless. Mm-hmm. But we'll we'll see. I hope. I think Nathan could be right. I think there could be any plethora of things that could be correct here. This is a good time. The confusion is worthwhile, but it's also. It's weird and it's it's good. It's weird. It's strange. It's just a lot of all things. But we'll get into payback. There's a, there's a little bit well, of news that we need to talk about. Because the other thing with the other thing with Owens, in terms of that sort of movement, is if he goes back to Raw, would that bury him a little bit? Because I mean, we're looking. If you look at the title races at the moment, Raw is really crowded for him Raw, right now. Raw is stacked. If you put Kevin Owens back on that roster, it either creates just more crowding or it buries someone. Mm-hmm. And and SmackDown and there needs... There is not room for that. Yeah. SmackDown... You're you're absolutely right, Nathan Blair. The, Smack, the, sh- uh, the Super Bowl shakeup came out at a weird time. They should have... I think there was some bad planning somewhere. But I do think that SmackDown needs that smack-talking great heel mic work mm-hmm. guy like the Miz slash Owens who you can like but you still boo because slash of bliss. just huh slash bliss yeah amazing on Raw last night but um, so uh, honestly I think Owens would be a good replacement for Miz over on Smackdown just yeah. because of the mic work that he can he can do as, as a heel because okay. like I mean he'll say something and you'll be like well, yeah, and then he'll say something else. And be like, "Well, you just changed my mind, sir." Speaking of, I'm getting points at the next pay per view because of this. See on the poster? No, well, because he's he's the number one contender. I think you'll pick up 25 points there. I think he beats Andrew. I think he probably would too. Yeah. Um. Russell. 15. Huh? 
Mm-hmm. What? Go ahead. <laughs> NWA. What about it? Billy Corgan purchasing NWA. Indeed he did. It was confirmed today uh, by the president of NWA. Um, let me let me get up that article. Here. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna let out a little known fact for our listeners and the people that'll will pick up this podcast at a later point in time. I never got to experience the NWA. I was not alive during its heyday. Correct. And it was already WCW and all that fun stuff by the time that I got into wrestling and was able to understand what I was seeing. But I have such a fascination and love for the NWA and specifically the NWA World Heavyweight title. So much history. The the design of that belt, for whatever reason, is my absolute favorite design for a world title. It's it's not flashy. It's not gimmicky. There's nothing pretty about it. It's not the prettiest world title. But for some reason, I look at that and I just... Like, if I was to be a professional wrestler, and I mean, dear Lord, that's never going to happen. But that would be... Winning that, if I could ever get to that position, would be, like, more important to me than I think even working in the WWE would. Well, I mean, just even think of some of the more recent champions of the NWA title. One one of them now working for WWE, none other than Adam Pearce. Yeah. So There's so much, so much history. Ric Flair, Ricky Dragon, Steamboat, Dusty Harley Rose. Race, Dusty Rhodes. Like, so many great it just, champions. It's when just you think so, of a champion, those were who you think of. Yeah. And, I mean, um, the um, the NWA president uh, released the statement on his Facebook page. It uh, says, I'm very excited for the future of the National Wrestling Alliance. As everyone knows by now, Billy Corgan and I have agreed on principle regarding his acquisition of the NWA brand. This decision comes after many weeks of negotiation and deep consideration. Although Billy Corgan may be fresh may be a fresh face to wrestling he's extremely successful businessman and has a deep admiration and respect for the nwa he is also putting together a very strong team with the capital business acumen that billy corgan brings to the table i am confident that he has the ability to take the nwa to the next level and i have promised to do all i can to help him succeed i ask you to join me in supporting the new nwa regime in the future I am not leaving wrestling, but after four years from uh, at the helm of the NWA, I look forward to stepping back and allowing someone new and passionate to take control of this great and noble organization. Thank you to everyone who has supported the NWA over the years and during my tenure. I also want to publicly thank Billy Corgan for his confidence and respect for this iconic brand. The next few months are going to be really exciting for the NWA or, or for the National Wrestling Alliance, but most of all for the fans. And guys, keep in mind, we have a branch of the NWA. I mentioned this to you, Casey, but we have a branch of the NWA just about maybe two hours down the road in NWA Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Um, A lot of great workers there. Jason Kincaid's worked there quite a bit. And and I may seem biased with this, but Jordan Cage works down in NWA. A lot, a lot of great talent down in that area. And that NWA brand, Billy Corgan, okay. We all know how I felt whenever he re- became president of, of 
TNA now Impact Wrestling. Yeah, I was excited for it. I, and and I think we all were. We all were because we know the mind that Billy Corgan has for professional wrestling. And now that Billy Corgan is now owner of one of the most prestigious names in professional wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance. I'm really looking forward to what he has in store for NWA. See, when he was in in the process of purchasing slash running Impact Wrestling, yes. If you will, if you will remember, that was the most excited and most confident that I thought TNA Impact Wrestling could have yes. a future, and that was hard for me to be able to admit because I. Like a lot of people have just been kind of slowly waiting for it to die. Yes. And it comes from a position of I watched in the heyday, I watched in the glory days. It and it, I just I've watched it fall. And mm-hmm. I've watched it continue to fall and I thought that was one of the ways that they were going to be able to bring it up. I don't think that Impact Wrestling would have made the leaps and bounds jumps with Billy Corgan that I think they can right now if they do things correctly with Jeff Jarrett back at the mm-hmm. helm yes. and Anthem support and all of that stuff. Yes. I think that they can do well, but I would love to seen that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think Billy Corgan can actually make a fourth brand of professional wrestling for us to enjoy. We have Ring of... Well, fifth brand. We have Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. We have New Japan. And then... Mm-hmm. Some appreciate impact, and I'm, I can appreciate impact, but the problem is I can still see that they're they're trying to figure stuff out, and I'm giving them time. But I, I think NWA could get in a very loose. You could probably have Lucha Underground in there too, because there's a lot of people like Lucha Underground. Yeah, it's a good time to see these different emer- emergences. But I think as far as like a touring, non seasonal. That's my issue with Lucha, is that it's a seasoned, very, very produced. It's more of a TV show that's about pro wrestling that has... I mean, it's strange. It's a a new take on it, but it's... I wouldn't call it, like, the same. Mm -hmm. And I think NWA, with Billy Corgan at the helm, could get to a place where it could have a TV deal. Mm -hmm. I think we could see some big guys actually want to go back there and sign... It would be a great place to see a lot of new talent kind of fit in and slot in and raise up. I mean, even Adam Cole, current leader of the Bullet Club, mm-hmm. three-time Ring of Honor champion, he's been an NWA World Heavyweight Champion. I could imagine him going back and taking the Bullet Club there with him. How cool would that be? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that could happen with the purchase of NWA, and I really do think that he's got he's got if he's got enough to push forward. And keep in mind, though, this isn't, and, and I'm not even talking about Impact Wrestling, this isn't Billy Corgan's first rodeo in running a promotion or owning a promotion. He's had experience before. Um, now, NWA itself has earned revenue in recent years through their on-demand streaming service, NWA mm-hmm. Ringside, and that service offers on-demand viewing of many classic NWA matches. Um, Corgan has not released a statement himself yet um, and and he's actually not hasn't posted to social media in over a month in general but when he does I cannot wait to hear and see what he has to say 
about the world of the National Wrestling Alliance and what that means, what his vision for for it is. Um, it, it honestly, if we could get that as a, a a third promotion or fourth promotion on TV, if you will, well, fifth promotion because we we went over the numbers, that would be fantastic. If if he could strike some sort of TV deal. Where we can see the all the different NWA ter- I guess you would call them territories technically, that they have out there, and see how that uh, that works. So, um, uh, Simon saying, just remember Paul Heyman's philosophy: enhance your positives and hide your negatives. Um, Nathan Blair, we've returned to the temple come the end of the month. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe they're on to season three or four of, uh, of Lucha Underground. So, um, very happy with the announcement of Billy Corgan purchasing the National Wrestling Alliance. And I, I truly look forward to what he has in, uh, in store for it. So, um, Moving on from that, uh, Payback. Uh, once again, it was this past Sunday live on the WWE Network. Uh, just going through the results real quick. Enzo and Cass defeated Gallows and Anderson. Balor, um, it says, laid waste to the A-lister and turned Miss TV upside down. Uh, Jericho defeated United States Champion Kevin Owens to become the new U.S. Champion. Austin Aries defeated Cruiserweight Champion Neville by DQ. Neville retains. Hardy's retaining at Sheamus and Cesaro, and that beatdown, I believe, was the beginning stages of trying to return to that broken universe because apparently there was a deal struck, uh, as, as it's being said right now. Uh, how much truth there is to it, I don't know, but there was apparently a deal struck between Impact and Anthem and WWE for the rights of the broken I believe I heard it was $150,000. So, uh, if that's true... Uh, as I've told Sean Lowe, because he is very eager to see the Broken Universe in WWE, slow burn. Build it. And and I told him to build it until we we don't see anything fully from it until SummerSlam. Because that's, that's probably where I would debut the Broken Universe would be the the big pay-per-view SummerSlam. So, um, Alexa Bliss defeated Bayley to become the new Raw Women's Champion. Rollins defeated Samoa Joe, Bray Wyatt defeated Randy Orton in the House of Horrors match, and Braun Strowman defeated Roman Reigns. So, um, favorite part of the night, least favorite part of the night, what 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 did you all think overall of Payback? Michael, I'm going to start with you. I, I have I have one request. Let's take a quick break. Let the fan leave them leave them waiting. Slow burn. Leave it loose and slow burn, and let's see if we can't, <laughs> let's see if we can't figure out what we need to do. To get another person to join us in here. Agent 15? Yeah, Agent 15. Okay. We'll be back right here on the Figure 4 Fallout after a short 30-second intermission. So, for the benefit of those who flash photography... You think you know me. Hey, this is the Rated R Superstar Edge. You are listening to the Figure Four Fallout on WCCR 94.5 Williamsburg, Kentucky. And 
And we're back. My plan was foiled. Your your plan was foiled. Edge is still trying to force your plans. Twice, Twice, Russell. What is up with that? Twice. I'm I'm trying to figure out what's what's up with the the old... Two uh, times. I, I, I could do it five times and do a spin Rooney. Please don't. But the problem was you only did it twice. That's why I said twice. Well, I mean... Twice. Y- y- you, you, you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it had been five times, I would have said the five-time, 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 five-time mess-up. Now you are... <laughs> Moving <laughs> on to payback. The good, the bad, the ugly, the, the house of horrors. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Now I'm okay. Now, that now. that come out worse than what it needed to. I thought it would be a funny alliteration. That is not how I feel about it. <laughs> that is not even close to how I feel about it. But I'm just saying, I meant that as trying to get an alliteration and be funny, and then it went. It kind of came out. I realized how bad it sounded when it came out. <laughs> This is why we think before we speak, Mr. Malone. Oh, it's still um, funny. I got laughs. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so let, let, let's just let's just start with the House of Horrors. We don't even have to go in order. Uh, I personally, I enjoyed the House of Horrors match. So you're the one starting in the corner. Uh, yes, I am. I, I will go to the corner if that means I, I like the House of Horrors match. I actually got the entertainment value out of it because I viewed it as what it was meant to be. Uh, a lot of people are, are, are really reading way too much into it because they're like, oh, it was dark, but it was still light outside in, in California. It doesn't It doesn't really matter. It's like I was saying last week. So, you, you know, there's this level of suspension of disbelief that I think people have lost. We, we, we think that we know way too much. And so... We immediately look at the negatives of everything instead of trying to find the positives. I'm very indifferent. Let me put it that way. I didn't love this or like this to any type of extent, but I'm not going to sit here and rag on it, and I'm not going to say that it was the most awful thing I've seen in the WWE. My issue with it is simply that they didn't take enough chances, in my opinion. I don't feel like it got the budget it deserved. You could have had the same impact from a a no DQ, falls count anywhere match in the building with a few extra props. You could have. But and I'm- that's that's the problem with it. If you're going to make a big match and a big spectacle out of this, take it extreme. Make it big. Make it do something that we don't see. This is a match that has never happened before. Yeah. yeah but it so felt like no a... Idea. It felt like such a run-of-the-mill match. And I think that is a, that is one of the glaring the downsides. But I do think that it was kind of cool to see some of the stuff they tried to do. If you would have had more production time, if you would have had more budget, if they would have been willing to just take the chance on this, okay, I think it could have been much better. I'm not saying that it was bad, but I'm saying it could have been better. I wanted them to, to try a little harder. Piggybacking off that, it's kind of as though they went, we want to do this, but we're not sure how it's going to go over, so we're going to not put all of it, all of our effort in in case it goes badly. Which leads to it going badly, because if you ever go into anything halfway, 
Let's nothing, almost nothing good's going to come out of it. It's so, either better to do it not at all, or to go one hundred percent. Let me, let me. If give, it goes badly, it goes badly, example. but it could still be an interesting match. Let me give you two examples. Final deletion. Okay, I. It's no secret that I'm still not a major fan of the final deletion. I. But it was something that they went. The Hardys went full. They played. They they put all their budget and everything into that themselves, and they went for it. Tim and I went back and watched that today, actually. Um, the final deletion. Yeah. So I think that that's a good example of kind of where it could have went, but it's not necessarily what it needed to do. It didn't need to be a carbon copy of the final deletion, but I think that it could have been. It showed that the that the things that the Hardys did, but that showed that there's a potential in professional wrestling that we've not used or tapped into before. But the two examples of things, whenever if you go all in and you really just latch on and put everything you got. And if it's if it succeeds, it succeeds, and if it fails, it fails. TNA Impact did two matches that had never been necessarily seen before that helped them revolutionize their company, and it was the Ultimate X match. Okay, I, I have found that was one of and Lethal Lockdown. Both okay. of those two things pushed Lethal Lockdown was. Had some similarities to like the Hell in the Cell, but it was a little more extreme. I, I was thinking more WCW. Um, there was a Chamber I, of Horrors yeah, or whatever. Uh, it, there, there was some some match from WCW. I can't remember that exactly, was, but it was. That but but see, they went all concept. in. They didn't just halfway do it. If you take chances in pro wrestling, if you let people take chances and you don't play it safe, you are more likely to find something that is great. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of stinkers. But in the Attitude Era, that's all we saw. Mm -hmm. We saw experimentation after experimentation after experimentation. Mm -hmm. And that's how we ended up with such a good run of the run was because we let things experiment. And if they worked, they worked. And we went with it. And it got big. And it became a monster of its own. That that was a topic of discussion in on uh, the Steve Austin podcast with uh, Russo. Uh, that was a big topic of discussion of why... Today isn't what we um, what we experienced back in the day. I but, want, but me per personally, I don't think it was so much that they didn't have the budget for it. They they might not have no, put no, the no, budget no. into no, it. No, I, I know they didn't put the budget into okay. it. Okay, Vince is. It's already been stated that Vince did not want to go all out on it, and I'm not sure why. I'm saying if they would have just gave everything they could have, if they mm -hmm. would have gave it whatever it needed. If they would have let them use the amount of production they wanted to, and they would have really just kind of let the 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 creative minds go, this could have been really really cool. Like it, it really, honestly, it reminded me of Ceno Evil minus the murder. Yeah, like I wanted more. I, I wanted like it. Evil. I really wanted it to be creepy. I wanted it to be well, creepy. Well, I mean, when you got baby dolls. Well, See, I don't think that was as creepy no, as it could creepy. have been. It could have been much worse. It could have been. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think... If it had, like, a woman sitting in a chair, I'm when he sort of looks into the room and then he looks away, looks back, and she's gone, then that's creepy, but... Yeah. Sister Abigail. I'm going to always remember Payback because of the missed opportunity that is the House of Horrors match. I think, because we started talking about older eras 
and how they were willing to go all out. And we saw some wild stuff going yeah. on. We saw attacks being in people's backs and mm-hmm. everything that you could imagine. Nick Foley going off of a cage twice. I feel there's a rant that I could go on, and so I'm going to try and keep it short and sweet because I'm going to make this point. I think that today, and this doesn't just, this isn't limited to WWE anymore because it's everywhere. There is way, way, way too much protection for the people who are trained Mm -hmm. and have been trained for as much of their lives as they possibly could have been. To do what they love mm-hmm. and to do it well, we're just far too focused on possible injuries and the possible worst case scenarios about what could happen. Those situations, Mick just went, hey, this will be cool, do it. They weren't concerned about. Edge and Christian yeah. were talking with the Young Bucks. Yes. This, this week on their podcast about how. Good podcast. You can't go into a match that has like these kind of injury high risk high reward they were talking about their ladder match with the Hardys just to to kind of preface this and Christian said whenever they were preparing for TLC you could never let yourself stop and say man I could get injured because that's immediately what's going to happen you're going to go out there you're going to get stiff you're going to overthink something and it's going to lead to your injury Mm -hmm. Jeff Hardy lost a tooth at payback let's Mm -hmm. let's let's Put this into perspective. Team Extreme okay. has brought it back. They're being wild. They're doing what they do. And it's awesome to see that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to see it much from any of the people that are coming through development now or who have been coming through development for the last little bit. I'm not. Because we're so worked up. Not just in wrestling. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. But wrestling, we're seeing it. We're trying to protect too much. And we're trying to play to too many people to please too many people. Wrestling should not be a thing that pleases everybody. The beauty of professional wrestling is that it's something you either love with your whole heart or you just don't get it. And that's a good, that's an okay thing. It's not something that needs every single person in the world to be a fan of it. Mm-hmm. And it needs to play to the people that care about it. Well said. Um, and I'm, I, I can summarize Payback because there's not a whole lot to talk about, honestly. Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss was one of the, that's That's the good, okay? One of the good. That match was really solid. Her and Bailey can work. Mm-hmm. The title change was kind of cool. Uh, I'm, I always... I, I love the follow-up on Raw the next night with her, yeah. them opening Raw and Alexa, this entire... Yeah. Coronation ceremony, whatever you want to call it, um, I, I thought that was really cool. I'm I'm a big fan of what they're doing right now yes. with the, with the Raw Women's. It seems like Alexa, everything she's touching is turning to gold, and I could not have thought that a few years ago when she was down in NXT with Blake and Murphy. Dear Lord, I thought she was. I did not get into that. Well, I mean, even I'm even excited about the. The SmackDown Women's Division because 
Last week we had the I'm eager to see where it goes tonight. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. My, my issue is I'm not a Naomi fan and I'm not it's gonna be really hard for me to become a fan. I don't think that she has improved as much as people think she's improved. And they're trying they always try to tell us how athletic she is. If she is so athletic, you shouldn't be having to feed to me why she should be champion. Mm-hmm. Let her do her own thing. Mm-hmm. And she hasn't to me she hasn't proven it. I mean her performances just aren't polished enough. No, like you look at you look at Alexa, and you look at her performances and her abilities, and the matches are just—they're that little bit better. There's just that little bit more that just makes it. Her timing's better. Yeah. Her, her chemistry with the other the other females are better, mm-hmm. and her movements are just smoother. I'm gonna say something. None of her moves require her to jump up and stick her butt in your face. No. I don't. And yet it's still there. I don't think Naomi's rear end finisher finisher yes. is doing her any favors. They have moved away from that a little bit with her using the. Uh, um, it's called the rear view, I think. The rear view. That is yeah. that is the that is the thing, but she's using that submission. Yes. A little bit from time to time. Yeah. And if they start to transition more towards... Like, you could use her athleticism in a much better way than having her jump up and do what she does right now I as think- a finisher. Because above anything else, that doesn't look like anything that would finish someone. Because here, here's right. one of my things. She wasn't exactly anywhere near the title picture or of relevance, and then all of a sudden, boom! She had the title, then it was gone, then she won at Mania. And it was like... And I, I, I'm i nervous about what they're doing right now because I feel like it's going to draw away from the title. And it's going to leave the title on Naomi, giving her what they... like. It's almost as if they think that she deserves to have a title run. And so in order to do it and make it believable that she has a title run, they don't have her do anything really with the title. Because it looks like they're about to start this thing of like the... These uh, Camilla, Natalia, and Tamina are all going after Charlotte. Well, it's after yeah. Charlotte and um, Naomi. Naomi at the moment. And probably and Becky. I guess Becky will fit into there. Well, Becky on on Talking Smack and made the comment that you know you don't you didn't see any of the other. If that had happened to me, you wouldn't see any of the other women run out and help me though. So it's just kind of one. She's under those one of those um, all. Every man for himself type mentality. Um, And in addition to that, Alexa, um, afterwards, mm -hmm. on Raw Talk, was still just... She's always switched on. She was definitely the best... I think she was the best thing that came out of Payback. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's saying a lot because I, I... I thoroughly enjoyed Braun versus Roman as a... Spectacle. Yes, mm, I, yes. I, I, I enjoyed the yes. I think the spectacle and the continuation into into raw talk and stuff was really cool. Um, well, and they even made mention of it in the match. How Michael Cole made mention of the fact that the ref wasn't really counting while they were out of the ring for a little bit. They, he was giving them a lot of leeway on the time outside of the ring, which I think added to it. I think it mm-hmm. gave him. More it's it's very it's very much a good story of 
your your superhero versus a really good villain. Mm. But the problem is, and we got ten minutes. We can move into discussions once we're done with payback. Our hero is not what we want, and our villain is way cooler than our than our hero. Mm-hmm. And there's there's some issues there, and we can we can go over it because I actually don't think. And I'm going to get some flag for this, but I don't think Braun Strowman is that much better than Roman Reigns. Okay. But I think they both symbolize. You got. You got to let me explain. It. I was going to say, what do you mean by him not being better? If let's finish up our payback talk and we'll go there. Overall, I'm going to remember payback as a show that did not grip me. But had some okay moments and had some weird moments. The thing and that it's going to leave me with is the one question of what might have been. It's going to leave if me. If it had been booked slightly different, if it had been a was, little bit more. It was the strangest book show that I've seen in a while. Like, I'm not sure why Kevin Owens didn't go over. Uh, I'm not sure about why the House of Horrors wasn't structured better. Do you, do you think that could all go back, though, to where the kind of the ball started rolling was the entire Superstar shakeup and where it landed? I think the Superstar shakeup was real awkward. I think it was really awkward. I think that this is kind of just the overall feeling I have with everything that's happening right now and why it feels so weird. And why it feels so clunky and not quite put together. They took WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And they said, WrestleMania is our start and our end. We start the new year from WrestleMania. We end the year at WrestleMania. I think because we had the big big brand split last year. Mm -hmm. They've looked at the start. And that's why the Superstar Shake-Up happened when it happened. Because they're trying to make this all new they're trying to rebrand they're trying to restart they're trying to take it all off and so payback has been a little bit clunky and smackdown and all that has been a bit clunky and they're trying to sort things out and they're trying to work it all out because they're trying to figure out exactly where they're going big picture we might look back at all of this in a years six months nine months time and look at it and go that's why that's how it happened Mm -hmm. and I think that's probably what it's going to build to I'm hoping that that's what it's going to build to and this isn't all just we had no clue what we were doing fluff yeah okay so I think we can forego Raw Talk probably because I mean it was an okay show but it it was very as Ollie Davis would say average uh, we we got a new number one contender for the IC title uh, that was that was a phenomenal match that was incredible Um, yes. Big fan of the the work of all three of those men. Good good opening, good close. Um, middle was kind of average. Middle, middle's average. Uh, Chris Jericho's farewell. Uh, there was high points, Michael and Tom, there was some Tom Michael. Yeah, but okay, let's take a moment. Let's oh, you, talk. You, you, never, you didn't see that video of Jericho and Angle backstage. Check it out on uh, the. Uh, I, yeah, I think the, I skipped over that when I was. So looking I will over say, the there's one thing about Raw that I really enjoyed. I love this segments are bleeding into each other kind of thing, and mm-hmm. everybody can. There's a kind of a chaos, like with Wyatt, who kind of had some issues with Randy, who had his issues with Randy, but then he kind of had some issues with, uh, with Finn, and then like last week, he kind of stopped and 
cost Ambrose and stuff, and then now he's back to Finn. There's mm. some chaos, and it's kind of nice. And we didn't really know what Miz was doing. Was he was he working with Ambrose, or was he moving to this? Was he doing something with Finn? And now that they're kind of showing each other, it's kind of cool how weird that it intertwined mm-hmm. and worked. And I would love to see more of that in wrestling. It's interesting seeing Bray and Angle in the ring together for for that segment. I feel like Angle had no clue really <laughs> how, to, how to... His face through half of that was hilarious. And it shouldn't have been. His face through a majority of it is usually funny. Um, mm-hmm. I did want to give a shout out uh, real quick to guys over at Pro Wrestling Talk. Um they uh, they've been plugging us on their their podcast as well. Uh, they that sometimes their opinions are, are different than ours, um, and that's okay. That's, we're something, just fine. that's something we're going to talk yes. about. So, which, which moving on to that discussion, yeah, if you will. Okay, so I'm going to explain. I have a few things that really go into this that I need you guys to listen to, and then we can move from there. When I say I don't think Ro- Roman and Strowman are that far apart. I mean their abilities on the mic and in the ring. I think I think Roman is better than what we assume he is because they don't let him do a whole lot because they don't want to injure him, which is bad. They don't risk enough with Roman for him to get over. Braun, when he gets to have that freedom, shows it, but he's pretty much like Reigns the majority of the time. He's kind of a handful of moves kind of guy and get it over with. The difference in the situations is... And this all harkens back to the problem of two men and one event. I blame everything for the last three years of wrestling and where the fans have gotten, because I'm calling all of us out, including myself. We are a jaded, opinionated bunch of people who no longer have any clue what we want and we think we know better than the hand that feeds us. In 2014, at the Royal Rumble, maybe it was, yeah, it was 2014, two men caused a stir that caused, that changed the, the way wrestling has worked ever since. Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan not being in the Royal Rumble and the fans getting to have that outburst literally set a different course. If Brian had been in that match, even if he had lost, I feel like there could have been a different way to handle things would have been handled differently. You could have still had Batista win, but I think you could have still got to the, your ending story a little different. Mm-hmm. You killed the career of Rey Mysterio because you sent him out at 30 and fans turned on him so fast it wasn't even funny. But two, we caused Roman Reigns to look like a the fans loved him more than they really did. It's because we were so frustrated. We were so frustrated with Batista being the winner that we would have accepted anybody. Roman did not get cheered because he was Roman. He got cheered because Batista was going to win and we didn't want it. That we wanted Daniel Bryan to go over. So, you could insert anybody in the Roman spot. Mm-hmm. I will say that at that time, Roman had some steam that was really cool that was going to lead to an eventual build. He was with the Shield. He just had broke that stri- broke the streak for most eliminations. He was kind of cool. But it was just a little bit strange and hadn't pushed it far enough. Mm-hmm. 
the next thing that happened was was CM Punk left the WWE the next night. Mm-hmm. Because CM Punk left the WWE the next night, fans realized that there was a world of things that unless they spoke up was not going to be changed. Which I think started people getting behind Daniel Bryan in such a way where they were taking over the shows and chants. Which caused the WWE to have to change and put Daniel Bryan in the main event of WrestleMania 30. And it was the fans that did that. I fully believe the fans are the reason that Daniel Bryan got his moment. And because one instant gave us that, because we had the power long enough that our voices got heard, we now think that we should have the power to get every single thing we want. But the truth is, is we don't know what we want anymore. We think that we want these things to build up, but we don't give time to get there. And that brings me back to Braun Strowman. Braun was with the White family for about a year, year and a half. And he, he looked like a monster, but he got losses. He didn't, he wasn't shoved down our throat, but he was there. And we kind of questioned his ability. He got put on his own. We all questioned it. We were wondering if he was going to flop or flounder. Mm-hmm. And he ended up being more than what we could have expected, and we were all really pleasantly surprised. They took about a year to build him. They had him beat some no-name guys and then slowly build up, and he had a great, great program that benefited him and Sami Zayn both. Mm-hmm. And he still, the thing that is, is Braun still has not got to any type of championship. They're taking time to let him marinate on us, to let him build, let him be something bigger than what he is. Roman was given to us really quickly because of the 2014 Rumble where it looked like we were behind Roman. Again, I'm saying we weren't behind Roman. We we would have been behind anybody. You could have put a stick in the match to eliminate Batista, and that stick would end up being so important it would need to go into the Hall of Fame. Since the 2014 Rumble, everything Roman has touched, he has been handed and it is just pushed and pushed and pushed, and it's been pushed and given. He's won three world titles already. He's beaten some of the weirdest odds. He's main-evented two WrestleManias already since WrestleMania 30, and it's, it's not that we necessarily hate Roman. Roman symbolizes everything that we dislike. He symbolizes the not paying your dues, not taking the time to be built, not having a great character, not being strong on the mic but getting there. We're past the 80s of how a strong, muscular physique and kind of stuff could overcome. Like a natural charisma, not even if it's not on the mic, could overcome a lot of the issues of not being really good on the mic. And it's just the stuff that Roman has done, and it's been a continual process. It's because they're not listening to us fans enough to say we didn't want Roman. So now we don't buy anything Roman does whatsoever. We completely push it to the side every single time, no matter how cool it is, no matter how interesting it could be, because it is the personification of what we think we know better than, we will not accept him. It's worse than that. Because I, it's not just the personification of what we hate in WWE. 
personification for a lot of people because if you look at the age brackets of people who watch wrestling I'm not sure that my age group is necessarily hit heavily like there's a lot of people sort of mm-hmm. in their sort of latish teens early 20s who are, who are big fans of it and I think that that ends up playing to the people who are older, who have been wrestling fans for a long time, who hate people in my sort of generation as a whole because of this entitlement thing. Because we don't want to work. I mean, I speak generally as a thing. I I try and do as much as I can. But (laughs) generally, the generation, as perceived by older generations is we don't want to work we're entitled we want everything now we're the now generation Mm -hmm. and so this idea that roman doesn't have to do anything and just gets everything given straight to him and he is right there in front of us the whole time just irritates people because it's everything that they dislike so the big thing that i then want to ask If WWE stops and says, okay, hold on, maybe we're booking this wrong, maybe we're doing this all wrong. If they take Roman off our screens for six months and he comes back, he doesn't have the shield vest, he has a new attire, and a new he still has the same, he still has the same gimmick. This is my yard, and he comes back to claim his yard, and he comes back for all that. Does that fix a lot of the problems? Or at least help push towards? I I don't think so. And it's because I think... I believe Roman has caused... He's kind of too far gone. I don't think that there's a whole lot that can save him other than just we're going to eventually have to accept it is what it is and just stop looking at it from the perspective of he had everything handed to him and all of these things. He needs a character. I think he needs a kind of a gimmick change. And whenever people say that he's already a heel because he gets the reaction, he needs to start doing some kind of dastardly tax tactics. I want to see like a low blow. I want to see a rake of the eyes. I want to see, and maybe even not that, or maybe it's just being a little, little more crass. Maybe he needs the mock work to be a little more like I wanna look s- at me, look at me, I did this, I'm kind of... I want to see him sit there and say, that the, I'm the big dog, this is my yard, and none of you get a say in that. Start, start pushing the crowd. Start pushing back. They're giving you everything that they can. Start giving it back a little bit. Yeah, And maybe, maybe that starts to get them over a little bit. I mean, we loved Seth Rollins. Yeah. And all he did was everything that we hated. He joined the authority. He was the poster boy. He was this... But he sat there and made fun of everyone else that was making fun of him. And it got to a point where we loved him. Is is it... Even when we hated him. Would it be that we we were able to relate a little more to Seth as a person and as a performer than we are to Roman? I don't think there's much to Roman that you can relate to. Mm. I really don't. I've never personally seen him struggle for anything. Like, I don't think he's ever really struggled in the WWE at all. 
He's never had the odds that he really had to overcome that we believed he couldn't overcome. I think that he's won or been super strong in nearly every situation in which he's been in. There's two instances when the crowd almost got behind him and they messed it up. They messed it up real quick. One was, and I I can't believe that we're sitting here and this is a speech about Roman. This was not what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be about us as the fans, but it comes back, it, it starts because of Roman, I think. And Roman is the most example of us being jaded fans. When he was losing to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 31, and the way he was looking in that match, fans were getting behind him. It was kind of cool. And then whenever he won the title at Survivor Series and Sheamus cashed in, and he went ballistic on Triple H and Vince McMahon, that was super cool. We want, as fans, we want a little bit of edge. We want a little bit of, you know, Stone Cold was so popular because he got to push back against the boss in a way that was not conventional. And I think Roman losing at at Royal Rumble when he lost the title in the Rumble was a big, another big knock. It was like... Why? Why did they? To me, they should have never done it that way. There was a lot of things about that that was booked really weird. But okay, so I'm gonna. St- we need to stop harping on Roman and actually get to the con- to the, to the thing that needs to be said. This all started because Sean Lowe was talking about the final deletion or the the House of Horrors and how fans were so upset and against it, and the reactions were bad. But yet, as fans, we are clamoring to see the Hardy Boys be the broken gimmick. And the broken gimmick is very similar to what we saw with the House of Horrors. The final deletion is so similar to the House of Horrors. I think it's better done, but it had a lot more creative control from the people that brought it that brought it to fruition. As fans, because the Daniel Bryan thing Worked and our voices was heard. We feel like our voices should be heard on everything. I feel like we want guys like Dolph. We used to. Dolph is no longer the case, I don't think. But we wanted guys like Dolph Ziggler, Sami Zayn, uh, AJ Styles, all these guys to rise. Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, all these guys to be the top echelon. And then it happened, and a handful of it soured. Like we soured on Dean really quick. Mm. AJ was nice, but we soured on we soured on Dean. Finn got injured, and then Owens got a title run, and it wasn't what we thought we wanted. We got great stuff, but there was a lot of people that were upset with the Owens title run because it wasn't, well, that's not how I would have done it. The thing of it is, is we've stopped enjoying and taking the ride that is professional wrestling and letting it lead us and build us to where it needs to go and kind of seeing what happens and taking the ups and downs. If everything was amazing and what we wanted and good, we wouldn't watch professional wrestling. If every single thing was exactly how we wanted it, we would be like, why am am I doing this? We have to have those storylines that maybe we don't necessarily like, but they're there. You know, I think Sammy is going... To me, I've always said he's a very slow 
burn guy that eventually will have his spot. But people are already like, I'm so tired of watching him lose. If you're tired of it, what do you how can you see the change? Like give it the time to make the change. Give it time to develop into something. They're I don't think they're just doing it just to do it. And it's like, you know, I, I think that we're so quick to accept one situation that's exactly like another, but we'll like one and hate the other. There's a big example of like impact in WWE. Yeah. There's just stuff that can be like okay, here here's one example. Jack Gallagher in the in the in the cruiserweight division. A lot of people really like Jack Gallagher. Mm-hmm. And they love him. But dear lord, that man loses all the time. What's different between him and Sammy? He won. He, he won yesterday, last night. But Sammy gets an occasional win every once in a while. But we don't care about Sammy's wins. He flies with the number. Okay, besides the the character, but what's different? They're both solid. Because workers. no, what's different is we see. I I'm not going to say we because I personally don't like Jack Gallagher's character much at all. <laughs> I think he's a good wrestler, and I think he. He could do a lot better than than what's currently happening. But the reason that we like Jack Gallagher is for the same reason that we liked Santino. It's a goof-off character that has a silly thing that goes along with it. For Santino, it was the Cobra. For Gallagher, it's William III. It's an umbrella prop for no reason that he has to pick up any time he's going to jump off the top rope and attack people down on the floor. The reason that we accept that Jack can lose is because we love him because of his character, not because of his ability. We love Sammy, and we want Sammy to win because he is good, because he's actually the wrestler that should be getting that sort of... But if you look at his matches, and I don't think that we consider this as a whole, he gets to look like a outstanding performer in every single match. The thing of it is, is he is losing, and it's not like massively, like he is losing, 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 and there's no say about it. It's He's always this close. Okay, well, let me make this point as well then. If you're going to talk about characters and people that are are losing on a fairly consistent basis, but putting in uh, just as much work as you can imagine, Luke Harper. That man has not put in a bad match ever. He is so, so good. But I can almost guarantee if you look at his win-less record, especially in singles matches... He's lost a whole lot. He has lost probably at least 80% of the matches that he's been in. Yeah. But none of them have been bad. No. The, the thing of it is... What all this boils back down to. We think we know best. We think we know best, and we don't let things develop, and we don't let things play out. We don't... We don't want to accept 
letting the story happen anymore. We feel like we have a voice to write the story. And I feel like we went all over the place and this was not as solid as it was intended to be. But it's been great. But I do and I'm this is coming and I'm saying this, this is coming out of the worst offender. I am the worst most offensive person to this this whole thing. Because I am the first person to always complain when I don't like something. And I'm always the first to find fault. And I realized something about two months ago about this. And if you've noticed, there's been a massive change in the way I've carried myself on this show and the way that I've handled professional wrestling as a whole. And the way that you talk when we watch the shows together. And the way you respond to how other people respond to the shows yeah. even. About two, three months ago, I realized that I literally hated watching pay-per-views, watching Monday Night Raw, and watching SmackDown, and coming to this show was a chore. It had literally become a force of habit, and it was something that because I had such good friends in you, Russell, and you, Michael, and Bo, and, and Cam, and Brett, and everybody that comes on this show, I had such good friends that me walking away from wrestling and giving up the show would have literally almost shut down a canal of my friends. And I couldn't figure out what the issue was. Why I hated watching wrestling. And I took a shot and started listening to some podcasts and thinking about things again. And it literally has changed. And I can say a lot of of credit to Sam Roberts because he always says he's he's a fan of the WWE and that's why and his podcast is from a fan's perspective and he rarely ever bashes stuff he'll say that maybe he didn't enjoy it as much or maybe they could have done something different or he would have liked to see something different but he's optimistic and I thought there's how can he be in this place where he is so optimistic all the time and Another point is that even even past Raw and SmackDown, I loved interviews or I would love to kind of sit and chat whenever I wasn't just being this harsh person about it and thinking that I had everything figured out. I had to I turned the switch and I started looking at wrestling in a little bit more of an optimistic look and trying to see what the positives were, where they could be going, kind of what could they do. And kind of started accepting things. I still have a hard time accepting Roman. I, you know, it's gonna, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to. But I have come to love wrestling again. I've come to enjoy coming on the show every week. We have literally been discussing off air for little over a month now. How are we going to do this when I'm gone? And by the way, guys, next week is my last in-studio show. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to leave. We're trying to figure it out. Used to, whenever I kept thinking about the end of the semester, I was so excited because I finally had a reason to walk away and it couldn't hurt my friends. And now I don't want to go. It's because I stopped being so upset with everything the product gave me and started trying to see some positives in it and letting the stories play out. As wrestling fans, we have stopped just letting the show be a show. We have stopped 
letting characters be the characters and take time to succeed or fail. No, we don't have to like everything, but I guarantee you have episodes of your favorite TV shows that you don't necessarily like. But you probably have a lot that you love. There's going to be times that things aren't great. But you have to take the bad to get to the great. And when th- when wrestling is good, it's amazing. But you can't have it that way all of the time. People forget how long it's been going on for. Raw hit 1,000 shows years ago. SmackDown had its 900th a year or two ago. I believe it was last year. That's surpassing shows like Days of Our Lives and that sort of thing. Like, these are the two longest-running consecutive weekly shows in history. There's no way that it's going to get better every week. But you have to be willing to let it get there. There are going to be times where it's going to be as awful as it is to say, it's going to be bad. And it's not going to live up to your expectations. And, I mean, the thing with, like, Roman and that, I I don't know why I feel like, feel the way I do about it. I still like Roman. A lot. For whatever reason. And maybe it is an optimism thing. I talk about how everything that's happening now, everything that we think is sort of clunky and weird now could be building to something. I mean, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe that's all it is, is just being more optimistic about everything that's going to happen. But it's, it's something that we watch because and we, we pay attention it. to because we love. And yeah. that's, that's something that a lot of people who aren't wrestling fans don't seem to understand. Because the first question that I get asked when I talk about being a wrestling fan from someone who never watches it, who's never been involved in it, who knows about it, they always go, you know it's fake, right? Okay, try and tell me, like, I mean, aside from the news, name five shows on television that are completely real. News is in question on that as well, guys. News, I mean, yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, the... That's the thing, is people... Tell, tell, we do this because we love it. We watch it because we love it. Tell tell me anything, and I'm, I'm begging people in chat, people that's going to hear this, message the figure four fallout. If you can tell me something that you love and it's always 100% okay and fine and dandy, please tell me what it is. You, Casey. Oh, thanks, buddy. But, I mean, in, in our relationships, <laughs> in our friendships, in sports teams that we follow... Not nothing is one hundred and percent perfect and one lovable and fine all of the time. There is always something that we think that can be improved on. There is always there is always times where things are gonna get hard. John North, head booker. <laughs> Feel like I'm at church right now. <laughs> Repent of your sins, brother. Enjoy this. <laughs> I want to say this on this entire. Topic. I've I've just let you let y'all talk. There's a reason Vince 
has been doing this for so long. There's a reason Vince went out and bought his competition. He this, is, this is the man. And I, I forget which podcast it was. But they were going on about Vince saying, oh, Vince is out of touch. Vince is this, that, and the other. No. Vince has people that he looks to that may know a little bit more than he does about maybe today's generation. But the fact of the matter is, this man has been doing this for 30-plus years. And I don't think there's a person in the world that loves it more than him. And it's still around. People are still talking about it. People are still watching it. You get these fans that say, oh, well, if Roman wins, we riot. What are they doing Monday night? We turn after we, payback. We tune in. We want. We see. watch. We're still watching. Thirty plus years. Keep that in mind. This man will probably do this job until the day he is put six feet under, and even then, he'll find some way to still have some sort of control on it. Well, he has. He's got Triple H. He has Triple H, Shane and Stephanie. He has Shane and Stephanie. He has his children that he has that have been around the business their entire lives. Thirty plus years. There's a reason. He knows what he's doing. We think we know what we want to see. It'd be awesome to see. Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles. Yeah. But you know where it's more awesome? But. When there's been a good build and it's taken time to get there. Exactly. And that goes back to what I was talking to Sean Lowe about. About the entire Hardys thing. Because he's wanting to see the broken universe. He's like, but I want it now. And yes, it is. I'm going to be honest with you. I love Final Deletion. It It was weird at first. But then, retrospect, that's some pretty good stuff. Deleter Decay. That was just as good. Think about how much... Okay, he he asked me how I would book it. And I said, if the Hardys don't lose the titles at Payback, have a beatdown after the match. Have Sheamus and Cesaro just completely destroy them. And then from there... They kind of start going back into this. Oh, I'm, uh, what happened? I, I'm hearing the the seven deities talk to me. Whatever it may be, build that all the way up to the next pay per view, and then let things maybe come a little bit more. And, and, and if you want to have the whole broken thing, that go full force at SummerSlam, okay. But think of. Seeing these like little, think of how excited we are just seeing the little nods right now. When it, when he makes that hand motion, delete. Fans lose it. Think of the slow burn. We 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 go on all the time about a slow burn about something, about letting it build and build until you have the pain. Well, I mean, even look, we were sitting here and we were talking about DB being part of the. The generation of fans, or the generate the the issues that cause the the fans to finally start feeling like they have more say and they understand, and you know, 
the 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 they fans now believe that the WWE should listen to them more mm-hmm. other than just in I don't know of any other TV show because they're paying to watch it because they're supplying the whatever they're they're supplying every the, these people's livelihood and I don't think that's the case you don't go to Walmart and I don't go to Walmart and demand them you know give me something for free yeah or no. Or get some type of product that they don't carry because you you pay for their job. It's mm-hmm. not how it is. Nope. Football teams don't get players just because fans want them. Basketball teams don't. If if the Wizards, I'm a big Wizards fan for anybody out there. <laughs> if the Wizards, I'm Miami. Just if, if Wizards did what I wanted, John Wall, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist. And Boogie Cousins would be all on that team right now. That would give me my three favorite players on one team. What on earth would you be doing with Michael Kidd Gilchrist? We can talk about that off air. I love that player. <laughs> I love him as a player. It's not. It's not necessarily like that. He's His that jump great. shot is awful. But yeah. Yeah, I love. I love him as a player. So, but the Wizards don't do that. Why? Because because Otto Porter Jr. And Kelly Obrey Jr. are a better small forward than Michael Kidd Gilchrist would be for the Wizards. Marsingor Tot and Bogdanovich do better in the big man roles than Cousins could do for us as a whole. And that's kind of how the things are with the WWE. We can't always get what we want, we can try sometimes. Believe the, the and we just might find that. we get what we need. The re- but the final thing that I'll say on this, because we're 30 minutes into overtime, the reason Daniel Bryan worked is because of years and years of him being handed himself, of losing to Sheamus in 18 seconds, and being put on the pre-show in the United States title match the year before, and being held down for months and months and months and months and not getting title shots and having to go through all that weird team hell no stuff that at first we thought was just stupid for him. But he ran with it and he did a good job and he entertained us and we loved him for it and we kept going and we kept going and then we finally seen him get this opportunity against Cena and then he loses and it's taken from him. We did not know how bad we wanted that moment until it happened at 30. And it felt like the most amazing payoff in the world. There was a reason Daniel Bryan became almost as popular as Stone Cold Steve Austin and why fans still love him so much. We could relate to him, but we had to have the time to relate to him. Mm Mm-hmm. A few uh, quick preview for SmackDown here in about 30 minutes. Uh, Jericho and Owen square off in the payback rematch. Naomi and Charlotte try to break up the welcoming committee. Uh, Orton will be looking for payback on Mahal. And how will Brazongo follow up their huge victory? Has Charlotte had a FaceTime? Is that what's going on? I, I, are they don't, I don't think it'll necessarily be a face turn. I, I think they just kind of like... The same, she's still the same Charlotte that she was whenever, but... Well, that's why I'm wondering if this is a face turn sort of thing, where they're progressing it a little bit. But. 
Maybe. We'll, uh, we'll have to see as, uh, as SmackDown goes on the air live here in about 30 minutes on the USA Network. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here on the Figure Four Fallout, uh, joining us in the discussion on Facebook Live. Uh, thank you to everyone who commented. Keep the discussion going. If you, if, if you agree with us, if you disagree with us, it don't matter. Let us know on the Fallout page. We'll we'll be glad to discuss it with you. And uh, I've, I've noticed Casey's been getting a little bit more into the discussions a little bit more, and it's not just kind of me behind the Fallout page there. So it, it's, 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 I it's don't, gaining momentum. I don't post every single article I find every five minutes, but I'll join in on the conversation. No, I, I, no, no that, that's what I'm talking about, like the actual discussion of it. I, yes. was, I was trying to just be funny because you were talking about being behind the page. No, I don't post every article I read every five minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> articles. I'm, I'm all over that. Let me tell you something, guys. The amount of articles we post, I'm sure you all like how easy access you can get to some of those. But try being in two different group chats with Russell. It's like, <laughs> ding, ding, post. I'm like, I got three opportunities to read an article. There's been times that I won't look at the Facebook feeds, and I'll click on an article, and I get really excited, and I send it to Russell, and he's like, I already posted that. And then I realized where I found it was from the Fallout page. In the words of Mr. Sandow, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> On that note, for Michael, for Casey, this is Russell saying we'll see you here next week. Live on the Figure 4 Fallout right here on WCCR 94.5 The Crossroads and iTunes.